Get ready for your daily dose of Tuttle. The all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, Tuttle. Tuttle in Florida. It's Tuttle's Daily Podcast. Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. I had a little bit of an emergency. Luckily, I'm good friends with the person that manages the Sunoco, the woman. Uh, You've heard her on the podcast before. Drove all the way up there. I was low on gas because if you've listened to previous podcasts, about once every two weeks, because I don't go anywhere, the only time I burn gas in my beat-up 2006 PT Cruiser is when I'm recording. I really don't go anywhere, hardly, because I don't want to go out because of the pandemic like i'd be fine if i caught it i'm just worried about my parents so i drove all the way up there i got a little sidetracked and i forgot my wallet and went in to pay and realized i didn't have it so the woman let me put five dollars in and i gotta go back and pay her now because i don't want to lose her goodwill or fortune from her because she did me a favor so i gotta go back and make sure we're square but it's been a pretty busy day people Gotta tell you, whatever you guys are doing, I got to thank you because my numbers were through the fucking roof today when I woke up this morning. You know, I, I think it might be because of my appearance on a mediocre time with Tom and Dan last Friday. I mean, that's gotta be it. I think it's gotta be it. Unless you guys are letting people know about it, sharing it, help spread the word, help spread the total pandemic of online content, and... I don't care what the fuck it is. Whatever it is, I'm happy because my numbers were amazing. Best day I've ever had since I started this podcast. But I'm going to get right into my first segment of the day. This is an interview that I recorded earlier today with the one and only Charlie Alema. Hey, Tuttle Daily Podcast listeners. It's that time again. Charlie Alemo with his weekly segment rambling bit uh whatever the fuck you want to call it here's charlie all right guys it's that time of the week one of my favorite times of the week i got the one and only charlie alamo calling me from montana what's up charlie what's going on tuttle not much man so i want to catch up with you i talked to you last monday How's your week been? How how's the new job? I I'm not gonna say where you're working, but I I find your new job that you're working right now, the place of your employment, absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it's been going really good. I don't mind mentioning what I do. Um, I'm actually okay. slinging medical weed now. I said that to a dude the other day, and he fucking popped so hard in the store, it was hilarious. Now, now, like, what kind of training do you have to go through? Like, do you have to go through any training? Like, are you running the front counter or are you just like doing stock? Like, what what exactly do you do there? Yes, they actually did go through training. And be honest, I, I even told the dude, I was like, this is they gave me better training than some corporate places that I worked at. You yeah, know what I mean? Because it's yeah. you're dealing with government shit, too. So they don't want you fucking anything up. Basically, I'm a bud tender, so people come in, they ask me for certain strains, or they're looking for CBD or whatever, and I set them up and, 
you know, ring him up and get him out of there. Now, what is it that they call, uh, I think it's Solomonye, or no, that's the guy in Iran that we killed that they're trying to get uh, an arrest warrant on President Trump right now. Did you hear about that? No, I, oh yeah, vaguely. I don't know. I, I don't really pay attention to a lot of stuff. I know, I know that, you know, I know you don't, but I just, it, it's the times we're living in where the president of the United States of America has an arrest warrant out for him right now. And it's just, it, it's not shocking. Actually, it's very fitting for the times we live in right now. Did you ever think you would see our president, our leader of the free world would be have an arrest warrant out for him? I didn't think so as much, but I mean, look at what Nixon did. He exactly wasn't, uh, you know, flying the straight and narrow. Yeah, but I mean, come on, Nixon, Nixon back in the day, what do he do? You know, hide some secrets, tape some people talking and shit. That's nothing compared to this fucking clown we have in right now. And I know you don't like politics. It's just one of those things. It just, it's not shocking. Now, what I thought about when I first heard this, do you think that they have um, like a dog, uh, an Iranian version of Dog the Bounty Hunter? They absolutely might. I don't see why they wouldn't. Maybe they could get Dog the Bounty Hunter. He's not doing a lot these days. Oh, dude, you know how great of a special that would be like on A&E. I don't even know what network carries his show anymore. But how awesome would that be if like Dog, because, you know, Dog can't carry a gun because he's a he's a convicted felon from back in the day. So he, he carries the bear maze and the, and the stun gun. Yeah, bro. Uh, could you imagine him like single handedly? Like going into the fucking White House and taking down uh, Trump with nothing but bear mace. Yes, if that leathered up old wallet wannabe <laughs> Rambo wants to take on whatever government he wants to, I'm one thousand percent behind him. Now you lived in Florida a little bit, so you probably know what I'm talking about. I gotta give Dog some props. He rocked the fucking redneck hillbilly uh, Oakley uh, blade. You know which ones I'm talking about, Abs- like. Absolutely. All the re- yeah. Yes, the ones that don't have the bottoms of them because they don't have time yes. for the bottom part to cover the lens. But everybody wears them. Did you ever watch the show Eastbound and Down with uh, Danny McBride where he was the, the baseball pitcher? Absolutely. It's great. Yeah, he he rocked those and hit on, on that show. And I got to tell you, the first couple of seasons was fucking brilliant of that show. And then it started getting way out there. But that have you ever watched the bloopers of when um, Craig Robinson, the guy from the office, the black guy, remember when they did that whole pitching promotion at the car dealership? Yeah, in the first season. Yeah, dude. And and Will Farrell, that was like the last funny thing I remember Will Farrell being in. I would agree with that. I, I mean, I find Will Farrell to be funny. I just don't find all of his movies to be funny. No, but I, now let me ask you this, Charlie, and this is really interesting. I know I'm going way off on a tangent here. What happens to these Saturday Night Live actors that go out and do movies? And and they they to start off with, they do pretty decent, but then it's just it's like a copy of a copy. Do you remember that movie where uh, Michael Keaton like made copies of himself? I I forget what it was. Multiplicity. But every copy they made, huh? Multiplicity. Yeah, multiplicity. Every copy that he made of himself became dumber and dumber. Yes. Um, another great movie, Dumber, Dumber and Dumber. I know, looking back on it now, it's really, uh, you know what, I smoke too much weed, and I'm getting way off track here. <laughs> uh, but what I'm saying is, it's just like the more, like Adam Sandler. 
the guy used to make fucking brilliant movies, but once he got that Netflix deal, it's just a, like he stopped trying. He just took a shit on a plate and said, here, this is my next masterpiece. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I also would say that they don't have the writers that wrote those other movies. You know what I mean? They get bigger and then they think that they can write their own stuff. Where Adam Sandler would be better off if he gave the reins to, like, the Alan Colvert and the other people that did, like, Grandma's Boy and stuff like that. Because they were on a roll for a while with that one and Strange Wilderness, which is hilarious with Steve Zahn. I'm surprised that they didn't continue with that. I mean, he he kind of does with with the Spade stuff. You know, he has that one new Spade movie that just came out, but... Why not get uh, those the wrong the wrong something the wrong bet ba- I forget what it is yeah the wrong Missy I think yeah the wrong Missy yeah now did you get a chance to see uh King of Staten Island no I did not do you like Pete Davidson at all no I hate Pete Davidson I met him before he was on SNL and he was a complete fucking asshole you know where Pete Davidson lost me was and and that's the other thing listen I go a couple of days without showers sometimes I'm unemployed. I fucking don't wear clothes hardly. I wear shorts and walk around barefoot all the time. But it just looks like Pete Davison. He could get out of the shower and then less than 10 minutes, he would be fucking greasy and dirty looking all over. It just, he looks horrible and dirty all the time. I don't disagree with that. Now, but I, I he lost me though because he came to UCF and he did, because he was doing like a college uh, town tour for his stand up. And he went on this big ramp because the younger generation, because he's younger. And of course, you're going to attract that younger generation. He he went on a rant and started cursing. And he eventually walked off stage because people were filming with their smartphones. Yeah, that's just kind of, you know, being ridiculous. What do you expect? Your crowd is mostly millennials and younger people. Of course, they're going to be filming everything. They have attention spans that can be measured in nanoseconds. But doesn't but doesn't that make you seem like a pretentious asshole though? Like, you know, you're you cater to a younger audience, so you gotta expect them because every oh well for example, a lot of these comedians, uh, Dane Cook for example, fucking Dane Cook might be the worst piece of shit. What what are your thoughts on Dane Cook? Right now or in general? I mean, just in general. I don't have a problem with him. I think that he ran his course but i mean if you look him up now he's slaying like some 20 year old trim so i mean the dude really is still, yeah dude the, the guy's a legend man because like he used a lot of social media so this is only helping you out pete davison it, it's getting your brand out there with people filming you because they're gonna post it up on their twitter their facebook and you know whatever it may be and why would you just be a dick? And he walked off stage, and, and I was like, you know what, fuck Pete Davidson. Yeah, absolutely. I hope he hears this. I doubt that he will, but if he ever does, fuck you, Pete Davidson. <laughs> well, let's. I, one last question about the Saturday Night Live stuff, and I'll move on. What is, what is your favorite movie from an actor that was previously on Saturday Night Live? Dirty Work. Really? Norm Macdonald does, uh, listen, I am a huge Norm Macdonald fan, and and I know you're a fan of Stern. Yeah. Some of his appearances on Stern are fucking amazing. They're legendary. I mean, shit, the one that he did when he got his Netflix show basically canceled his Netflix show because he used the word retard, and then he had to apologize for it the entire day. 
Watch the now, vi- watch the video when he goes is, on the view after what? Stern. He's so beaten down. It's such it just sucks. But but you know, like if it wasn't for Norm McDonald, we would have never had Artie on the Stern show, right? No, and no, Artie would have um I don't know what Artie would have done because he he got him into dirty work and then of course he was on Norm's show and then uh, with those appearances on Stern helped get him the gig on there. So, no, I don't th- I don't think it. I don't think so. Now, I, I listen, I, I I know Stern, but you're probably bigger into it than I am. That Bob Euchre shit that they were talking about was one of the funniest fucking stories they've ever told on his show. And and that's the type of shit that I like. Yeah, Bob Euchre stories were fantastic. Actually, I was listening to Dan Patrick last week, and he actually had Bob Euchre on the program. And it was one of the one times that I stopped and listened to Dan Patrick. Not that I don't like Dan Patrick. I love big Stern fan though, I, isn't he Dan Patrick? Yes. I like Dan Patrick and I think he does a great radio show. The one thing that I hate is his cast of characters. Yes, Get out of here yeah. with the Danettes. That's just enough. Yes, Fritzy. Uh what do you say there, McLovin? That's n- enough with the McLovin. We get it. He's a fucking nerdy looking retard. Nobody gives a fuck. Change your name, you stupid moron. See, and that's what's frustrating because like me and you and I'm not saying we're the fucking greatest thing ever to be on radio, but that, isn't it frustrating when you watch radio shows and you look at people and it's not that you're hating, but you know, like, fuck, I am more talented than that person. And that's what radio has become, Charlie. It's all politics. It's who you know and what you and, and what they can do for you. It's not about how talented you are anymore. Yeah, no, it's about how many numbers you have on your social media so they can push their sponsors because that's the only thing they care about. Quite frankly, as long as you're not jeopardizing anything, because they won't let you do that, because if you're doing regular, you know, music radio, they're going to have everything recorded. They don't want anybody doing anything live. And anybody that's doing any talk these days is either sports talk or political talk, and they have dump buttons and things so they don't have to worry about people saying whatever they don't want them to say. So as long as you don't jeopardize the sponsors or say anything, like do a Dan Lebertard and start going on a rant about politics, they really don't yeah. care what you do. Now, I always tell people the the reason I got into radio was Ron and Fez. Now, I know you're a big Stern fan. Was it Stern that got you interested in radio? Or was there another radio show that was like, hey, I like this. I'm going to try it out. Bill Hendry and Neil Rogers are the two that wanted really? they got God me into damn. radio. I, I, you know what? I, I, I've known that you were into them, but I, that's the reason why I think me and you connect. What, how did you start listening to Neil Rogers and Phil Hendry? Were you living in South? I know you lived in Florida, but was it South Florida? Yeah, I was living in South Florida and I would uh, ride around with my dad during the summer before school started. And he was like, you got to check these shows out. And Neil Rogers was on from... Shit, he got was moved it around d- so much. W I O D? No, it wasn't W. It was when he was on 560 WQAM. Okay. And uh, Neil, uh, Phil Hendry, they, it was obviously taped show, and then they would run it like early morning, so right before Stern came on. So I would listen mm-hmm. to that with him for the last tail hour, and then they would run it in the afternoon on another station. We would catch the other two hours of it. And then uh, I would listen to a little bit of Stern, and then Neil would come on from like, 10 to 2, I want to say, or something like that. He kind of had, like, the midday shift, and it was some of the greatest radio ever. For the longest time, I was like, I don't want to listen any time that George was on as producer, and then I got yeah. older, and I was like, I actually like George. I think he's a pretty cool dude. 
let me ask you, what was their their time slot? Like, because I always, because Hendry, when we played him on real radio, was overnight, but he was on the West Coast. Yeah. What was Neil's time slot at that time? I think he was on from 10 to 2, if I remember correctly. So it was correct. middays then. Yeah, I believe it was midday because he would do a little crossover sometimes with the morning show when, like, Scott Farrell was on, when he used to do yeah. mornings Wait, down there on, on 560. Wait, Scotty, Scotty Farrell was on with on the same station? Yeah, he used to be down in Florida. I um I used to listen to him every morning. He was great, too. He he got one of the sponsors to give him a Toyota Matrix, and he just destroyed it and then returned it back to the sponsor. Now, now I could be wrong and, and correct, but um, was Phil kind of like a contributor to Neil's show at first? Or like, how how did they end up working together? I, be- I mean, it was on the same station. I know that, but... Yeah, I think they had just two different shifts, and Neil started listening to Phil's show, and then they just kind of started talking, and, you know, they would do little crossovers and stuff like that. Yeah, but, I mean, Ron and Fez were my my group. They were the ones that, because I listened to them when they were syndicated out of Tampa, and then when I heard that they were, they were broadcasting from the Crow here in Daytona Beach in Volusia County, I was like, hell yeah. I had no intentions of getting into radio. I just wanted to meet them and and I did and then I just I kept coming in and then I started falling in love with them. and it it's weird, man. When I met Ron Bennington, I felt the same way. I got to meet him up at Sirius a few times going to those unmasked and just talking to him afterwards. The dude is one of a lot of people want to say Howard Stern's one of the best interviewers. I call bullshit on that. Anybody, yeah. anybody could be a, a decent, not especially not anymore. Howard Stern is so into everybody needs therapy, and their family fucked him up in some way because his family fucked him up. And it's just he doesn't go listen but to Ron the interview. Make it about him, though. That's why Ron is the best interviewer because Ron doesn't come in there with notes and stuff. Ron actually talks to the person, and then he gets some of the best stuff out of it. Listen to when Ron interviewed Ginger Baker. I remember listening to that live. It was some of the craziest couple minutes because ginger baker the drummer from cream was in so much pain at the time ron's like what are you why are you even doing this interview what is your handlers doing like he turned around and by the end of it ginger was even like thanking him it was it was a great interview the man is a genius but i mean ron's ron's always been that way do um the guy from miami vice you ever hear that interview the don johnson yeah when he when he called him drunk yeah man like i gotta tell you in bennington it might be one of the and, I, and I'm not just sucking Ronnie's dick here, but I think he's one of the quickest-minded radio broadcasters I've ever heard. Like, he just comes up with shit in a nanosecond, and, and I'm like, how the hell did he do that? Well, you do have the Ron and Ron show to thank for Elegant Elliot often, because he was yeah. first on there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing about it is, like, Fez, man, like I love Fezzy. Fezzy was the kindest to me, but I gotta tell you, when you pissed Fez off, you did not want to be on his bad side, man, because he would light you the fuck up. Yeah, uh, going back and listening to Fez, he really went through the went through the went for the throat. Jesus Christ, I almost stroked out there for a second. Went for the throat and fights and stuff. Some of the best stuff is going back and listening to him fight with the interns, like that intern popcorn that they had and stuff. Or Was with- that the one where, where Ron said, like, I've heard Ron get pissed off before. Yeah. But Ron got so mad and he was like, I will fuck you up 
and you're going to be laying in the hospital all beaten and pr- I, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, that, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. When you get out of about. the hospital, I'm fucking cracky again. That was Mark Zito. He was uh, yeah. he was a little snitch for the the serious upper management. Man, that that was like, and I knew that feeling because Ron's never gotten to that point with me before. But it's kind of like I compare it to, and I always said this, and and it was so funny. But I was saying that Ron and Fez were like my radio parents. Ron was my dad. Fez was my mom. And you didn't want to disappoint your parents. And just them talking sternly to you made you feel fucking like a piece of shit. I, I, I mean, it came across that way on the radio, too. So I can only imagine being in the studio with some of the tension that they had. Yeah. So uh, up in Montana. Now, let me ask you. So you work and you're flinging legal medical marijuana. Do they let you guys use cards as, or is everything dealt in cash up there as well? No, it's cash. Yeah, that's what I thought. And, uh, you know, doing the research is that banks are federally backed, so you can't use banks like a card and stuff. So you, that's why I think you have to pay cash. Am I right or am I wrong? I have no idea because I think <laughs> they're going to literally here in the next couple months try to start using cards. So I don't know if they're going to do like the square space, you know, the little fucking thing in the iPad type deal. I'm not sure. Yeah. So what else is going on? I mean, what are you doing on your off time? I mean, are you just, you know, kind of relaxing? I got to tell you, you've been sending me a lot of bits, and it seems like you've got that creative juices flowing again. And and that is absolutely amazing. Well, I got to do something, man, because when I'm working four tens, which is awesome because I get a three day weekend. But, you know, that's. A long time standing there waiting for people to come in and buy marijuana. <laughs> so I, I write stuff down. I come up with little bits. Some of them I already had written down. I just kind of fill in the blanks. Some of them, like the one that I sent you a while back with all I had written down was the, uh, putting a four-year-old in the widow's peak of your roof. Like that's all I wrote and I wrote a bit around it. So, But now let me, let me ask you this though. Like was everybody... Was this a bill when medical marijuana was passed? Because you don't think Montana being the the state that would pass something like that, was it a landslide or did it barely pass? No, it passed. Actually, you want to hear a funny story about it. When I went to go to Alaska, that's when it first started and everybody and their grandmother literally got their card because they would give it to everybody. So basically, when I left here, I was trying to buy dimes and nicks off people, trying to get a little (laughs) bit of smoke to get my stupid ass through. I leave, go to Alaska, come back to visit. Everybody's got their card. There's medical weed everywhere. Everybody's smoking and fucking token and have a great time. I moved to fucking Connecticut for four years. I come back. They crack down on the fucking thing. Hardly anybody's got their card. There's only a few dispensaries around. Then you fast forward to now, 2020, there's untethering, which basically means you can, as long as you have your medical marijuana card, you can go to any dispensary now. You're not going to one single dispensary. So places are selling out quicker of of weed and stuff like that um, because they weren't really ready for it. Now they're starting to up their product and stuff like that. So places are more stocked up. But yeah, it was almost a... Almost a little bit of a weed drought again because of it. And and I just thought about this. So you lived up in Alaska for a, for a little bit. Yeah, about a you've year. You've been in Montana. Montana has Native Americans, but Alaska also has the Eskimos. Or has what do you the, call 
Is Eskimo is a bad word up there? Or... I I think it is. I don't know. I never really. I just re, you know they're natives. Like we have natives here. They're just natives of Alaska. I I suppose you know. Any any differences? Because like, don't they have like reservations up there as well too in Alaska? I believe they do, especially towards the top of the state. Um, when when you're picturing my Alaska trip. If you ever look at the a picture of the state of Alaska, I was basically up from Juneau, which is down in the armpit of Alaska. There's so much more still up there. Like, I never went to Anchorage or anything in the actual big part of the state of Alaska. I was just kind of right along the side there by Canada. All right. Now, let me ask you. So, so what I mostly what I know about Alaska is from the TV show Below Zero or or the uh, Deadliest Cat. Like, where were you located, like, from, uh, I forget what they call it, uh, in Alaska, the the harbor that they uh, do the deadliest catch from? But, like, I mean, did you guys ever see the crab fishermen and shit out there, or no? Oh, there's all kinds of fishing going on out there, yeah. Uh, I was actually in Skagway, which is a, a tiny little town that's known for, I guess it was known for this guy named Soapy Smith, who was known... Oh, Soapy Smith sounds like a jazz or something no uh, soapy smith was an asshole who was from fucking colorado and he like caused a bunch of fucking trouble there and they ran him out so he did what everybody does literally still to this day when you ran out of luck in the lower 48 you go hide in alaska all those drunks oh, that yeah. i knew from tacoma they're like we can't go back to tacoma i was like it's not th- a different country you're still here if they want to get you they're gonna get you i never understood that but anyway going back to soapy smith Apparently, his luck ran out in um, Colorado, so he went up to Alaska and took over Skagway. Like, he just, he became, like, the boss of it and was running it, and uh, he went down to go do uh, some kind of deal in in Juneau there, and they shot him in the balls, and he actually, that's how he died. (laughs) He died from bleeding out in the uh, ball shot. he, He died from getting his balls blown off? Yes. Somebody, he got in a firefight, and his testicles got shot. And he ended up dying from that. Now, you know, I'm asking about this because every region of the United States is different. What is the the uh, the problem up in Alaska when it comes to drugs? Like, I, you know, watching. Oh, that's the other Alaska show. The Alaska Highway Patrol show. I know a lot of that shit is horrible reality TV, but I absolutely am addicted to it for some reason. It, what What is the big drug up in Alaska? I would say booze. Everybody up there is wasted. But all, they make all... their own illegal booze, though, don't they? Like, and on yes, in the in the dry places, they in the dry villages, I should say, they do, or they'll drink like um, what are they drinking? Like mouthwash and hairspray yes. and oh, stuff like hand that. Hand sanitizer. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine with COVID going on, they're running out of booze up there. These poor people. Huh. Yeah, I could I could only imagine that. Now, there was another question. I got into an argument with my dad, and I want to get your opinion on this. When does the week start? Is it Sunday or Monday? A business work week or a regular? I know. I'm just saying, like, my dad tried to explain it to me. And and hold on. Let me look at my calendar on my phone. Hold on here. I'm going to look. All right. So he told me the way the calendar works, you know, because the calendar works from left to right when you're looking at it. And the calendar always starts on a Sunday. But I've always, my whole entire life, thought that 
the start of the week was Monday. I always thought it was Monday as well. I mean, I guess if you're reading a calendar like that, yeah, that's probably why businesses, when they do pay periods, it usually ends on a Sunday. Yeah, I know. But like everybody, you know, everybody thinks the weekend is towards the end. You got Saturday and Sunday to relax and not do shit. And then Monday is the start of the week. And and I don't know. It's it's just weird the way that time works. You know, like who came up with this whole calendar thing? Who came up with time? And I know I sound like a complete donor by bringing up that question. But I'm just saying, like, how do we know? Are we just going by the, or the the amount of times we go around the sun or the times that the earth revolves around itself? I It's just it's a weird concept to me sometimes. These are very good questions. Just like who the fuck thinks it's still useful that we do daylight savings time? We're not a bunch of yes, farmers. It is fucking complete, absolute bullshit. Let's just keep it one time year round. And, and why mess with something? It because just, it, it it's funny because you get used to one time and by the time you you know you've become adjusted to it oh hey we're gonna be assholes we're changing the fucking time again yeah so they can make it seem like winter daylight's closing a lot faster than what it is and really it's not but isn't isn't there some states out in the midwest like uh utah they don't they don't observe it right i think it's just arizona uh man now so you're up in Montana. What is the weather like? And and I, I'm not, listen, I'm not running out of shit to talk about. I just know we're going through an extreme heat wave here in Florida. And you've lived here. Yes. And a lot of people, you know what, what I tell people out in Arizona and Phoenix, and that's the only reason I thought about it. Yes, it is hotter out there, but. The humidity. The humidity. I don't think people realize if they've not been to Florida or even the South alone, they they think, oh, what, what's humidity going to do? It makes a difference. I And you've lived all over the place. Can you back me up on this, that there is a big difference? Yes, there absolutely is. It's like going outside your front door and getting hit with just stickiness, like walking into an invisible fog of just, yeah, just stickiness and nastiness. You're instantly sweating and you can't, you get swamp ass immediately. It's the worst feeling ever because of where we live actually in Montana, because it's a prairie. We actually get some humidity, not as much as Florida, but still the days that we do. Oh, my God. Does it suck? Now, do you guys get tornadoes up in Montana or no? Um, I don't think they're full fledged ones. You know, you get a lot of the um, like dust ones, I guess. Yeah. More, more of that type oh. thing because of being on the prairie. And that's the thing we're dealing with right now. We, we, you know, we got this big Sahara. We've got, we've got this big Sahara dust storm going on right now, you know, coming over from Africa. And, you know, I saw somebody bring this up. You know, we're going through all this stuff. We're going through another civil rights movement with all the civil unrest. We're, we've, we're going through a depression, kind of, all the unemployment. And, and, and now on top of this, we're experiencing the Dust Bowl. I think, yeah, uh, well, it's pretty much par for the course. A lot of people I've noticed, they're just like, let's just write off 2020. I'm probably one of the only people that you're going to hear say that 2020 hasn't been too bad to me, man. You know, yeah, I, well, I got I mean, a, a I, 
Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I got a little bit of money from the government. Yeah, I had to turn around and spend it all on medical bills because a dog decided to rip off the tip of my finger. But you know what? I don't blame anybody. And those bills are paid now. So thank you, government. Thank you, Corona. It sucks that people died. I do feel bad about that. But, you know, people die all the time. That's what we end up doing is dying. I know, but, but the way I look at it is like, hell yeah, bring it. What's going to happen next? You know, a lot of people, what, how old are you, Charlie? I think you're about 10 years younger than me. Yeah, I'm 31. You're 31. Well, about nine. So what I, what, I was reading a lot of stuff. So you're not, you're a, are you considered a millennial? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, you are. Yeah, I guess I am. I don't like those, like, but everybody said my generation, I've been reading all these articles, that Generation X is the most suited for, for going through everything we're going through right now. And I, I really do because they make a lot of great points, you know, that we were self-sustainable generation X. A lot of our parents were divorced and we had to take care of ourselves. <clears throat> and, and we're, we're kind of the forgotten generation. Everybody wants to blame stuff on your generation. Oh yeah. Um, and Jen, Gen X had great music too. What did uh, what is the oh. millennial? What does the millennials have? That sounds like a bad sitcom coming to ABC. It's the millennials this fall. <laughs> but look at all the music we had though. Not only, and I don't want people to think, oh, we only had grunge rock. No, fuck, we had some of the best gangster hip hop that you could have ever imagined. And you had hardcore ghetto gangster bands like the Backstreet Boys and In Sync. Hey, say what you want, man. They, they, you know, I mean, yes, it was kind of bad, but I mean, hell, Justin, Justin Timberlake gave us some great music after that. I know you're probably not a fan, but I'm not going to be one of those haters is what I'm saying is it's just what I've learned is now we're in the age of a, a, a Chinese controlled social media app and TikTok, pretty much controlling the music that we listen to. Because every bit of music that you're seeing on top 40 right now is all music that came from TikTok. Yeah, I don't listen to top 40 anymore. The only thing I listen to on regular radio is sports talk. Yeah, I mean, who do you like sports talk-wise? Are you a Rome fan at all? Oh, yeah. I like Jim Rome. Jim Rome is the best at, uh, like Bubba says, at resetting any interview that he's oh, had. Oh, yeah. Oh, God damn it. Yes, yes. I agree 100%. And I got into it. I love Rome. I know a lot of his stuff. Yes, his delivery is what sells it. I know a lot of his stuff, his opening monologues are all written for him. But yeah. some of the shit that he comes up with is absolutely brilliant. Look, Tuttle, maybe his delivery is sort of like this, where everything is kind of a question, but not really. <laughs> yes, you nailed it. I've always tried to put my finger on how it was but you are right it is his delivery is like you know he ha he goes with those pauses they're not long dramatic pauses no. but they're a little bit of a pauses they're like audio commas they're intermediate yes perfect that is the best description of it and they're those little intermediate ones too where he's just like listen listen clones we can go and rant and rave about anything in sports it's not going to get us anywhere We've got to come together <laughs> in times like this. It's the only way that we are going to change anything. I'm Jim Rome. Ah, uh, dude. And the smack off. You know that I pitched an idea to Bubba, and they, they never wanted it, you know, because I was a big Jim Rome fan, and you know how he does the smack off where yes. the callers call in and talk shit? 
I wanted to do a markoff because, you know, Bubba, you know, the the listeners and the super fans, they call in and they mark out as much as they can for a couple of minutes and we do a competition out of it. I thought it would have been absolutely brilliant, but nobody saw my vision. Of course not. Listen, I sent Bubba so many bits. I sent him a bit called The History of the Sponge where I went back and I found all of his old audio air checks from when he uh, was on commercial radio doing music. And I put them all together and sent some. You think I got anything back? Hell no. Not even, not even, a, not even a, hey, fuck you. We're not going to play this, which I would have taken. At least it would have been a response. Yeah, but don't feel bad. Man. Oh, I don't give a. I, worked- I honestly don't give a fuck. I don't wish that guy any ill. I think, I, if anything, I, it makes me disappointed because I think he could be a better host and have a better show. Everybody keeps sucking his tip. This was the best incarnation of the show, Bubba. Listen, nothing is going to top the serious years because no, he had no. somebody that was actually executive producing the show. You sort of were in that role when you were there, and that's probably why the show sounded better. And I actually enjoyed listening to it a little bit. But without somebody really producing the show, there's only so many times you can play WFLA fucking clips from the news on your goddamn computer and, you know, yeah. do that as Listen, content. I'm, I'm not I'm not talking trash. I'm not either. I, I, I want him. I, I wish him nothing but the best. But I do agree, man. Like, I've reached out a lot lately and, and it gets to a point where it's like, why am I even trying? You know, like, I wish him nothing but the best. And I know he doesn't like to be bothered, but, you know, at some point you just basically have to say, yep, I get the point. He doesn't want to have anything to do with me. So why am I still trying? Yep. Like every relationship I've been in, you got to learn when to fuck off. Yeah. All right, Charlie, if people want to check you out, where can they check you out at? They can check out the Facebook page, of course, facebook.com slash CCA Productions Presents. Or just hit me up on Twitter. I lurk around there, too. I'm at CCA Production. So, give that well, a Well, listen, man, I, I do, I make contact with somebody that does some animation and stuff. And, and I pitch the idea about some of the bits that you're sending me. Would you, would you mind if... If I gave them some of your audio bits and they might be able to do some animation to them or, or is that something you would rather not do? I don't know, Tuttle. That might jeopardize the uh, creativity that I... Of course I don't <laughs> give a fucking... If somebody wants to take any of my shit and use it, they're more than welcome to. Because believe okay, me, well, if, I... if you listen to any of my shit, I'm probably ripping something off. Not directly, but indirectly with everything. Because I mean, no, they're not. They're not stealing your stuff. They're oh, I'm not saying that. I'm saying out. that I am. And listen to anything I do. I basically, for the longest time, I was sending you parodies of commercials and shit, just making fun of products and stuff. So if anybody wants to use anything like that, they're more than welcome to. All right, Charlie, man. Listen, I appreciate everything you do for me and and the show that I'm doing. Um, and and I, I I'll never be able to repay you. I think you are a genius. And I want to work with you in the future. So we'll make something work here. Yeah. If anything, uh, if the, the nice folks at stitchyouup.com want to throw me a qu- quick deal on getting some hats and shit with my logo oh, on it, maybe we'll talk it'll, to them. It'll be made. I will get it done today. Can you give me the artwork and stuff to use? Because I will make it happen today. Yeah, I'll send it to you later with this. All right, man. Charlie, I appreciate it. And I'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Tuttle. Want to support the show? Go to paypal.me slash pedal on the radio.
Pedals Daily Podcast is brought to you by StitchYouUp.com. For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, visit StitchYouUp.com. Stitch You Up specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. Whether it's one item or large orders, they can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let Stitch You Up help you with your logo design. Visit stitchyouup.com or contact them, eric at stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up, definitely not your grandma's embroidery. One nine seven eight cars for blind kids. One nine seven eight cars for blind kids. One nine seven eight cars for blind kids. Give a blind kid your car today. You have an elderly loved one that recently bit the dust and now you're stuck with their jalopy? Why don't you consider donating it to 1878 Cars for Blind Kids? We'll give a blind kid grandma's old car. And if you come out every second Tuesday of the month to the old Sears parking lot, you can watch them drive around and bump into each other. It's a great time. 1879 Cars for Blind Kids. Donate your car to a blind kid today. One nine seven eight cars for blind kids. One nine seven eight cars for blind kids. One nine seven eight cars for blind kids. Give a blind kid your car today. Welcome back, guys. That was Charlie Alamo's newest bit. He sent me a couple of them. I'm not going to play all of them today, but if you want to check his stuff out, follow him on Facebook, CCA Productions Presents. He posts a lot of his stuff on his Facebook page. He is a great follow, so make sure you check him out. Now, before I get into the main piece of audio that I'm about to play, I need to play you another piece of audio just to kind of set up what I'm going to. Now, I told you yesterday, I spend a lot of time on TikTok. I don't post a lot of stuff. I mainly use it to find drop and sound bites to be able to play on my podcast. But I found this video yesterday and I wanted to play it for you. My mom has one of these like little meters. When you go to the doctor, they put it on your pointer finger and they try to get your oxygen level. My mom has one because she has breathing problems. So I know these things are pretty fucking accurate. But this woman kind of breaks it down for you a little bit and shows you that the mask The PPEs, the personal protection equipment, really doesn't restrict your breathing or oxygen levels as the media would like to say that it does. Hi, my name's Emily and I have moderate to severe asthma given the time of the year. And I gotta tell you, this chick is extremely hot. She is right in my wheelhouse. That nerdy but attractive looking woman. Hell yeah. I have it controlled on two medications and I also use a rescue inhaler. And I'd like to show you something. For my own safety, I own a pulse oximeter. My current level is 99% oxygen. And just a little side note, anything over 95 for an oxygen level, you're good. This is the mask that I wear 12 to 14 hours a day at my bartending job. Let's check my oximetry rate. Now, I know this is a video and and I got to break it down for you. Her oxygen level was 99. Let's move on to something a little more fun. This is a KN95. Let's check my oximetry rate. 99 once again. Now, you can't see it, but the mask that she was wearing and just scored a 99 was thick as hell. Oh, you thought it was over? 
This is a P100 level mask. It's similar to an N95. 99 fucking percent. Now, just to give you a little bit of a visual, this is the type of mask you would see somebody like hanging insulation or like drywall when there's a lot of particles in the air. It is a goddamn construction mask and she still scored a 99. In other words, if somebody like me with breathing problems can wear all three of these masks throughout the day and have the same oximetry rate, then somebody without breathing problems has no other excuse not to wear a mask other than their own selfish motivation and unempathetic way of being. I'm I'm just gonna be out front people i got a lot of close friends people that i've known for a really really long time and i think they are an amazing people they don't believe in the mask and i don't know why people just refuse to wear masks is it because you're such a right-wing asshole and i don't want you to think i'm a liberal and that's why i'm calling you a right-wing asshole no that is not it at all i don't support any political affiliation i think they are all scumbags they don't give a damn about us i think we will be way worse off even if we get joe biden and that's saying a lot people that i would rather have donald trump over joe Biden. And the only reason I say that is because, and I'm not trying to be morbid and I'm not hoping this, but we will be lucky if Joe Biden is elected that he makes it through his first term. And that's why whoever he picks as his vice president is more important than it's ever been for anybody. Because if he goes out, he takes a lick and ends up dying halfway through his presidential term. I don't want somebody like Val Demings, who they say could be the next vice president. Now, I've met Val Demings. I think she is a wonderful person. Maybe one of the nicest people that I've ever met while working in broadcasting in Orlando. But I don't think she's ready to run our country at this time. And like I said, I'm not saying anything about her that's bad. I love Val. I love Val Demings. I love Jerry Demings. They have done so much for the Orlando community, especially Orange County. I think Jerry Demings is doing an absolute fantastic job during this pandemic. I'm actually happy that he ended up being the Orange County mayor. And that's not saying anything bad about Teresa Jacobs. I thought Teresa Jacobs did an amazing job as well. But these two together, Val and Jerry, I love them. I think they are some of the nicest people you'll ever meet. But I just don't think Val Demings is ready or capable of running the United States of America. And I, and I apologize for getting off on that tangent, but I gotta flank myself. I gotta cover my ass because whenever you make a statement or go against somebody's opinion, you gotta cover your ass because they automatically go for those buzzword topics and try to attack you and label you as something you're not. But I gotta protect myself because I know what I'm about to say is going to get me a lot of heat with this person as well as his fans. So don't come at me and call me a liberal or anything like that because I don't support any of these cocksuckers. But what Aubrey Huff has become, I played baseball all my life and I was never good enough to make it to the level as Aubrey Huff. And I'm not taking anything away from what he's accomplished. I support his First Amendment right to say or believe anything that he wants to. But I also have that same right to say, 
This guy is a complete fucking moron. And I know a lot of the Bubba Army is going to be like, oh, well, you're attacking Aubrey. I'm attacking Aubrey because he is a fucking psychotic asshole that needs the attention. And since he's not playing baseball anymore, he's just trolling everybody on social media. And you guys are so dumb that you can't even realize it. He's just saying all this stuff. You know what? I'm going to be really disappointed if I find out this is how he really feels. Because some of the shit that he says is so idiotic. I'll admit, Aubrey, I am jealous as fuck because you got to play a game that I love so much. And kudos to you, man, because you absolutely killed it. You got two rings. But your view on this whole personal protection equipment view, wearing masks, is completely fucking moronic. I posted a tweet yesterday about no longer willing to comply for wearing a mask inside a grocery store. From that statement alone, Aubrey, I can only come to the conclusion that your parents aren't still alive. Because the reason why you wear a mask, Aubrey, is because you don't want to get sick and you don't want to bring it home to the people that have secondary health issues the older, the elderly, and you're just being a complete selfish asshole with your view. And the liberal left, the soy boy professors and the blue checkmark crazy cat ladies were in unison guilt shaming me. And if you didn't know everything he just said, he hit all the buzzwords that the right wing hates. And that's exactly Aubrey Huff has become a straight up fucking puppet for the Trump campaign, the Republicans, and the right wing. For threatening the lives of millions of innocent people. Now, if you want to wear a mask and live in fear the rest of your life, it's certainly your prerogative. But the vast majority of well-adjusted, sane, common sense people that aren't sheep, that can reason for themselves, agree with me. Hey, Aubrey, it's kind of ironic that you're calling them sheep because Donald J. Trump, number 45, is your fucking shepherd. I understand the coronavirus is real. And if you have pre-existing conditions, or you're an old person, and I know this sounds insensitive, but somebody has to say it, you are morbidly obese, then stay the fuck home. I know this is a low blow, Aubrey, but maybe those people wouldn't be obese if they were addicted to Adderall like you were. Just because that is your plight in life doesn't mean the whole world has to shut down. You know, I was at the grocery store today, and the two ladies that were checking me out were wearing these masks and i love to make people like that smile and laugh and have a great conversation you couldn't even see the wrinkles in their eyes with their smiles they look so beat down and run down if i'm just being honest aubrey that was a prime fucking example of someone being passive aggressive by saying you can't even see the wrinkles in their eyes this is not a selfish thing for me this is a thing for me to try and free americans so they can freely breathe. It's not healthy to breathe in your own CO2 all the time. Hey, Aubrey, do I need to play that clip? A woman that has asthma and breathing problems? She just wore three separate masks and tested 99% on her oxygen level. And before you come out, you're going to say, oh, that's liberal propaganda. Prove me wrong, Aubrey, because this is nothing but your opinion. And it, it seems like everybody's a coronavirus expert. Listen, if I, God forbid, get the coronavirus, guess what I do? I go home, I get well, and I go back and live life, my life. I would rather do that. Hell, I would rather die from coronavirus. That's a fucking lie, Aubrey. No, you wouldn't, because you love the sound of your own voice. So, of course, 
you don't want to die. Than to live the rest of my life in fear and wearing a damn mask. Listen, guys, I don't want you to think that I hate Aubrey Huff. I support him 100% for all the stuff he got in trouble for that he said on Twitter. That is his First Amendment right. And I back him up completely. So I got your back on that, Aubrey. But you're completely off basis when it comes to this mask thing. Even though some of these masks that people are wearing, yes, I'll agree. They don't protect you from everything, but it is better than nothing, Aubrey. And why can't you see that? It's just goddamn scientific facts and logic. You're a baseball player. How are you not logical? And I can't take anything away from you because you are a fucking hell of a ball player and you helped the Giants win two rings and you deserve all the credit and you should have never been banned from that celebration. And I wish nothing but the best for you, but I gotta disagree with you on this one. Is that a PT Cruiser down by the lake? Oh no, wait. It's the Total Podcast Studio. Total Wireless of Palm Bay has the best cell phone plans with no contract. And better yet, you can use any carrier network. Does your service from one of the big guys not work well for you? Are you paying too much? Call Total Wireless of Palm Bay now at 321-499-2565. Or if you're local, stop by and see them at 1851 Palm Bay Road in Palm Bay, Florida. Right now, you can get the Samsung Galaxy A10e for just $29.99 when you port your number over with plans starting at just $25. Need a family plan? No problem. We have four $100 unlimited talk, text, and data. Restrictions apply. Call Total Wireless of Palm Bay now at 321-499-2565. All right, to wrap up the show, I want to talk a little bit about you guys. I want to thank you so much for everything you do. Because I've been out of radio for a little while after my attempted suicide. And then I got let go from Bubba Show, which was my fault. I came back. I was an absolute dick. But I understand that. But it gave me perspective. And it made me take a step back and figure things out. And this podcast, once I decided to do it, has made me absolutely fall back in love with radio. And I know this isn't radio. If you're a troll and you want to call me out on that, I know it's not radio, but it's in the same like family of radio and it's keeping me sharp and I'll be able to announce where I'm going to be at on the radio, terrestrial radio in the very, very near future. But this has helped me out. And what has made me feel so good about what I'm doing is I can see the numbers I can see that people are liking it and I'm getting new subscribers and new downloaders every single day. And it makes me feel good because I don't have a radio show or a platform to plug my own personal content. And that just makes me feel so good because what that means is that you guys are liking the content that I'm putting out and you're sharing it with your friends, your family, you're sharing it on social media. You're helping spread the word. Like I said earlier, 
one of the best days statistically that I've ever had. And it's all because of you guys. If you want to follow me on social media, follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Tuttle or Facebook, facebook.com slash Tuttle. If you want to check out all my links, because if I plugged everything that I got going on, I would be here for another 10 minutes. So just go to Tuttle.net. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E dot net. Now, if you would like to contribute or donate to the cause, I got some money in today, guys. It's been a while. So you guys, uh, the two or three that donated to me, thank you. I've already emailed you guys back, but I cannot tell you how appreciative I am of the money that you donate. But if you'd like to check out all my video content, you can easily do that by going to TuttleTV.com. It's my YouTube page. That's TuttleTV, Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E-TV.com. Now, when you go there, my two latest videos, I did an interview with Richard Rowe, who's running for Florida State Senate. I played his audio. He's the guy that was absolutely railing on Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. I had a chance to interview him as well as my interview that I did with Russ Rollins and Jana Banana. You can find that at TuttleTV.com. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And that's the show for today. Thanks for listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, don't be a dickhead. Do us a favor. Share, like, and subscribe to the show. Also, check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. The Tuttle Daily Podcast was brought to you by Total Wireless of Palm Bay, StitchYouUp.com, PocketBearClub.com. Special thanks to show intern Hannah and Charlie Alamo for their contributions. Additional imaging and production is provided by CCA Productions, Facebook.com slash CCA Productions presents Show voiceover services brought to you by jcvoiceoverservices.com That guy's got a goddamn sexy voice You should hire him If you want to help support the show paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio Comments? Concerns? You want to let Tuttle know he's being a dick? Go to Tuttle at gmail.com To follow all of Tuttle's social media go to Tuttle.net That's Tuttle with two D's dot net Thanks again for all your support, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuttle Daily Podcast.